everyone, it's Anthony from Semi-Informatic here and welcome to the Semi-Cast. We are here on a cloudy Monday afternoon because it's a public holiday to talk about some video games. I have with me here my good friend Chris. How are you doing? Very well, thank you, Anthony. So, you've been moving recently, moving house. How's that been going for you? Trials and tribulations is the easiest way of explaining it. I believe, believe we had a fridge fall off a trolley. A fridge fell off a trolley, yes. Have you, it's have still you... working. <laughs> and I believe your sister's coordinating the move, and has she been checked into hospital yet? No, but I don't think she's got much hair left. <laughs> right, okay. Yeah, so last weekend we were helping you, I guess, move some stuff across. That's correct. It's, uh, I mean, the move itself has gone well, but, you know, this, as with most new places, there's a few trials, tribulations, mm. finding uh. a few things that are happening yeah, well, like a um, a washing machine that doesn't quite fit where it's supposed to go, and <laughs> a washing machine that wasn't draining because the builders haven't uh, set up the drain side of things correctly, and a dishwasher that didn't drain because they did exactly the same thing. <laughs> hmm. Well, hopefully that all uh, all gets worked out for you. Uh, you also have no internet, I believe. Yes, that's uh, uh, MBN Telstra issue. <laughs> oh well. So you, with today's connected online gaming world, you probably haven't played very much. No, no, there's still a few. Oh, I've got Steam in offline. I'm plus playing a few things offline, so mm. it's all good. What have you been playing? Mainly things along the lines of uh, Seven Days to Die. Right. We're, um, we're, we're big fans of Seven Days to Die here at the Semicast. Yes. Um, uh, sorry, what is it? Uh, Divinity, Original Sin. Yep. And um, Endless Legend. So how have you been going in Seven Days to Die then? <laughs> Slowly. I've sort of done a random map and I'm having a lot of trouble at the moment finding myself a decent place where I'm close to some uh, towns, houses to actually loot some stuff. So I've got the basics happening, but I'm yet to find what I need to get my cooking up. <laughs> oh, okay. So uh, do you have a, have you constructed a base or are you still, are you just um, living in a house that you found? Uh, no, I've constructed basically a platform right. <laughs> that I'm living on at the moment until I can find something, uh, someplace better to move. Fair enough. Um, and what day are you up to? Uh, on that game, I'm only up to about day three. Right. Well, three three days to go. You've got to build your defences. Four days to go. Uh, it's in the middle of a lake. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> well, that just makes it harder to escape when it all goes to hell as well. Exactly. But hey, they've got to find me out there. Right. And Endless Legend as well. Can you explain what Endless Legend's about? Uh, Endless Legend is by the same people that did Endless Space. It's um, very similar in a way to Civilization. Yeah. A little bit more involved in that uh, your research is based on the constructs of science, uh, social, economics, and warfare. And dust. Uh, dust is your part of your economics. Yeah. I, I remember dust in Endless Legend. Yeah, it's all part of, that's all part of economics. And... Races, the different races all have different abilities and um, specializations. So I usually play the Ardent Mages, which are very good at research. Right. Um, and they consume a lot of dust. Yeah. So I have to, get, <laughs> I have to uh, work out ways of getting a lot of uh, cash flow happening because the Ardent Mages have a, an ability called Pillars. Drugs are expensive after all. They are. Yes. They are. 
<laughs> well, they do work off pain. Right. <laughs> so if, you, um, if you're consuming a lot of dust, I'd imagine the police have visited fairly regularly. <laughs> well, uh, if you called the police the Volters, then yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The Volters are usually who, who, who I play as because they're the newbie faction. Yes, I, I've, I believe that the Volters are my next door neighbours. Right. That they are upset they're living next to a crack den, are they? Uh, pretty much. Right. So you're basically running a Breaking Bad uh, civilization clone over there where you're making drugs, your neighbours are getting upset. That's okay. I, I throw pizza on their roof. It's fine. Oh, good. <laughs> and Divinity Original Sin, what's that one all about? <laughs> oh, you play basically as source hunters. It can be played as single or co-op. Yep. Obviously been going through by myself. and. I'm trying to basically piece back the world in a way. Oh, yeah. I remember it's throwing barrels at people and setting them on fire. Is, <laughs> does that help you piece back the world together? Or piece the world back together? Uh, yes, it does. It's very good. Throw, fire is, is uh, the solution to everything. I'm going to piece the world back together by throwing all of this oil on the ground and setting it yeah. on fire where you're standing. It works. Right. <laughs> why, why destroy something that works? Right. So you haven't had internet access, so you haven't been able to play too much. This is a big week for me because I finally got my hands on a copy of Persona 5. I've been looking for it for weeks. EB Games had it for $99, but I wasn't about to partake in that. And then JB Hi-Fi mysteriously got it back in stock. So how is it compared to 4? Uh, Persona 5 is uh, a little bit, it's a little bit weird. You sort of, there was like this guy who was forcing himself on this woman and you punched him. And then it went uh, to court, and uh, now you've got a criminal record for some reason, even though you were protecting this woman who was <laughs> supposed to, who could probably have corroborated your story. So you've been sent to live with some guy that runs a cafe in a city that's not your home city. It's starting to sound like something out of, I don't know, GTA or yeah, something like that. <laughs> And then you sort of weird things start to happen. You get this app on your phone that's like Google Maps, but for alternate dimensions. <laughs> okay. And, yeah. It's starting to sound like something going into a sort of Digimon sort of... Well, kind of. It's, it's sort of more that you've sort of been selected to uh, rehabilitate the world. So I guess a lot like um, <laughs> Divinity Original Sin, <laughs> uh, except your way of rehabilitating it is putting together a group of trans-dimensional thieves who break into people's minds and change them with this app. Okay. <laughs> by, by stealing the thing that they treasure most dear. So there's this teacher at your school who is beating the, the volleyball team because that's the way he gets things done. Uh, and so to get him to stop that, we're going to break into his mind, into, and if you're a Sherlock fan, into his mind palace. They use the word palace multiple times and we're going to steal i guess his self-opinion of himself and then that will make him confess that he might die but it's okay because he's a dick and what are you going to do with this self-opinion well once once it? once we've got it he will he will confess and and everything will be fine i have a feeling everything won't be fine but... <laughs> do you lock his self-opinion up in a the game actually starts check? starts with you being caught by the police breaking into a casino um <laughs> And then the whole game is like you being interviewed and it's like in, all told in flashbacks. So yeah, I'm enjoying it. It's, it's overtaken Let It Die, which is the other game I was playing. Okay. Uh, which if you just thought Persona 5 was a bit weird, hold on to your hats. Uh, Let It Die is a game 
where there is a skateboarding Grim Reaper called Uncle Death. Um, <laughs> and a, he, there's a giant tower called the Tower of Barbs and you have to climb to the top of the tower and you have to fight people inside with like Dark Souls style combat and you can get people and level them up by going on the train and there's all these bodies there and you select one and then you go and level it up. And there's a person that sells you mushrooms and a guy playing fighting games in an arcade. Okay. It's by Suda51, the same person that did No More Heroes, Heroes and Lollipop yeah. Chainsaw. So, yeah. Fully it's, understandable then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so Let It Die actually dropped off the more I started playing Persona 5. So it suffered the same fate as Yakuza 0 about a week ago where I got a new game that was better, so I just sort of stopped playing my old games and started playing my new ones. Other than that, I jumped into Warframe real quick and I did one mission and the alarms went off and I had one of those Busa Bursa things show up and it killed me and that's as much Warframe as I played. For those, those of you who don't know, Warframe is a game where you play as space ninjas and you run missions over and over again until you get the loot that you want. Yep. But, you so. know, kind of shortchanging it. We both enjoy Warframe and it's got a reasonably good pay-to-play model you sort of buy currency and buy slots to keep weapons and warframes in so it's not that thing where you're paying for a boost and it goes away yeah. and you think what have i spent my money on you're actually paying for something that extends your account but it's also just if you don't want to spend money you don't have to yeah it's, yeah. it's free yeah. to play and it's a it's a reasonably fun game to play in the moment to moment gameplay you play as a cybernetic ninja that can jump off walls and Sort of zip line and Run shoot and, walls. Yeah, and... it's, it's all all moving, all parkour, all shooting, all stabbing. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, shooty I, stabby. I jumped into that, died straight away, and decided I didn't want to play that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so then I jumped over to Marvel Heroes, which I have the problem that I always have in Marvel Heroes, where I get back into the game and my inventory is full of currencies, and I have no idea what any of them are for, or whether anything I've got still useful. There are a lot of currencies. Yes. Um, so I went all the way through now to the end of the original game. I beat Doctor Doom, and okay. uh, now I'm about to fight Loki, which I think is post-release content. I've tried yeah, to fight him yeah. once, well, once and I died. Yes, that's... Yeah, Loki's a bit of a challenge. Yeah, yeah. I got past his first form. His second form was as tough. It, yeah, I've I found that other some heroes are actually better at handling Loki than others, mm. especially if they've got area of effect. So Marvel Heroes is like an ARPG uh, Marvel game, kind of like Diablo or Torchlight, if you've played those games. You get to play as your favourite hero. Yeah, and so does everyone else. You can have nine Captain Americas <laughs> running around, <laughs> spouting off their lines. <laughs> you could have nine Deadpools making wisecracks yeah. in the background. Well, actually, they actually they, they, I believe they have Pirate Deadpool and Cowboy Deadpool now. And they also... oh. They've also got female uh, Deadpool. Really? Yeah, that, that I've sounds, seen female Deadpool that running around. sounds disturbing. <laughs> it's very disturbing. Uh, I think I, I logged into Deadpool quickly just to show my wife today, and uh, he said, I'm massively and, or sorry, I'm multiplayer and I'm massive. So, <laughs> <laughs> sounds like Deadpool. Sounds like Deadpool. So I then decided I would try to figure out what heart, like I always got these team up items and I could never figure out what any of them do. And I finally figured it out is that you can select a hero to follow you around and i think the default you get is iron man mark 2 yeah and i uh, play as gambit and i didn't really like iron man mark 2 following me around and i had some eternity splinters which is one of their currencies i uh, saved up and i had some money that i put into the game about three years ago that i hadn't spent so i bought jubilee as my team up hero from the x-men because you know gambit jubilee both running around 
killing bad guys together. Both, you know, wise, wise, wise cracking heroes. <laughs> uh, the offshoot of that is Jubilee, who makes kind of like, I guess, firework yeah, effects and say, bright very lights. Bright. And Gambit, who has like bright exploding playing cards. I just can't see what's going on in the game when I play it now because <laughs> everything is exploding all the time. Yeah, a lot of the powers I found with the superheroes is very explodey sort of things. Mm. So generally when I play, I usually like to play with uh, Jean Grey and uh, in her phoenix form, everything's fire. Yeah. <laughs> everything is burning all the time. So yeah, then I um, I tried playing it with the controller for a little while, but I just it just didn't feel right. Like the controls were not as accurate or I couldn't get to the powers I wanted yeah. as quick as I could with the mouse and keyboard. The keyboard I find a lot easier. Yeah, so I went back to the mouse and keyboard, which is a, a sort of a, a bit of a blow if you want to give your mouse arm a bit of a rest. Yeah, so Marvel Heroes for me, Warframe, Persona 5, and Let It Die. Uh, I've still got Bloodborne sitting there for PS4. I haven't played it. I've still got Until Dawn sitting there. I haven't played that, and I've still got to get back to Yakuza. Uh, so there's nothing else you've been playing? That's it? Unfortunately, with my current restrictions, yes. Right. So, well, then we'll move on to the news, and it's big news this week. We, we kind of glossed over what we've been playing because E3 has started, and we've had two press conferences already. We've had Microsoft and we've had EA, um, our two favourite companies, because neither <laughs> of us like EA and neither of us own Microsoft consoles. Oh. So, so you got out of the console race in, in the end of the last, uh, I guess, generation, and you haven't come back in. Not yet. Not yet? I've, now I'm, I'm weighing up my options. I was always uh, in that position of the whole move and so forth. So mm. the less stuff I had to move, the better. So I sort of got out of the console race. Right. But that may change. <laughs> right. So what are you looking at? At this stage, I want to see what happens with the Switch. Yep. So it uh, actually gets, gets any games. <laughs> exactly. That's my problem with Nintendo is that they'll bring out, you know, five or six games that are worth playing and then the rest is uh, yep. not that good. And PS4 is definitely one up there that I've seen. Oh, of- really? That, that would be your first Sony console. Yeah, yeah. You're a, you're a Nintendo gamer from way back, so you have uh, never forgiven Sony <laughs> for for <laughs> ne- what they did. Never. Right. But that's okay. There may be some forgiveness. Right. Just just a little bit. Enough so you can play Let It Die with Uncle Death in his skateboard. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Let It Die is a free-to-play game as well, if anyone out there is interested in trying it. Uh, and EA, which I kind of... I do not trust EA at all because of the way they treated studios like Origin and Bullfrog and Westwood and stuff like that. Why do you hate EA? Pretty much the same reasons. I mean, and the fact that they've, you know, they used to have stuff that they were releasing out there and it was available on Steam Mm. and then they went their own path with Origin. (laughs) They've done some weird things with some online games that are EA-based, like um, The Old Republic. Yep. That's can be a little bit annoying at times, but yeah, no, it's, I just. What's, what have, what have they done in the old Republic that's annoying? Uh, they've taken it and turned it into a bit of a grind fest in some ways. Ah, it's the free to free to play aspect. Yeah, exactly. So right. the whole, yeah, if you're paying, you, you get the free pass basically past all the grind, but if you're free to play, you've right. got to grind the hell out of it. Yeah. Okay, well, sort of so, not, that, not that different from most free to play things. Pretty much, but So let's talk some E three then. Uh, and let's start with EA's new IP, which is Anthem by Bioware, while Bioware, I think Bioware Montreal or Bioware somewhere else 
probably have to correct that one next week, but they were working on Mass Effect uh, Andromeda, but it seems Bioware... Actually, the actual Bioware is in Canada. What am I talking about? Um, the actual real Bioware was working on a game called Anthem, which seems to be Destiny by way of Titanfall 2. It does look very interesting from what I've seen. Mm. Yeah, just just sort of some of the things about... Some of the scripted sort of player banter kind of rubs me the wrong way. <laughs> And I can see it how some very of the fake. yeah some of the <laughs> some of the aspects we we watched a video that was at E three some of the aspects of the game come across as that they could very easily turn into MMO grind out your ass for this gun that you want it just yeah, makes me but, wary yeah it's it seems to from what we've seen it seems to be a loot based game mm. but if they get it right yeah it looks like it could be a bit of fun yep. you get to customize what suits you have and what the suitabilities are so i guess what remains to be seen is what the free to play hooks are as to exactly. whether as to whether or not it's a full priced game with microtransactions which ea has not shied away from doing in the past or whether it's a free game with microtransactions i'm leaning towards full price game with microtransactions that wouldn't surprise me mm. <laughs> that's i mean that's what they had they done it in the past they'll do it again yep they did it with mass effect 3 did it with mass effect andromeda in regards to the multiplayer in those titles which is i guess kind of palatable because you're sort of splitting it off into a separate game mode but um you know it's it's only a, a very small step towards putting it into the single player and in this if it's all multiplayer then it's the whole game oh games are expensive to make i guess they are <laughs> so the next thing we saw was a way out which is by a studio called haze light or haze lights which are some of the people from Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons. <laughs> they sort of specialise in co-op gaming. So this seems to be a prison break game where you're playing either as two people or with someone else who's playing the second person. Well, yeah. So, yeah, and from what we've seen, if, they're in a, if one player's in a cutscene, the other player can still freely move around and do what they want. I want to know what happens if, like, we saw a cutscene where one guy was being brought into the prison and the prison warden was giving his little speech. <laughs> What happens if the other player runs up and punches the prison warden? <laughs> and I put my hand up as the one who punches the prison <laughs> yeah, warden. You, you, you are always the one who punches or shoots or sets fire to the, the prison warden. Need I remind you of our time in Saints Row? Never. So let's just drive to this place, and while you're doing that, I'm just going to be shooting at people randomly in the street because we don't have enough police after us already. That's always fun. Hmm. But, you know... It looks like this looks like an interesting um, setup if you, especially for co op. Yeah. So if you can um, do your own thing by the looks of it, or, um, yeah, and run around with another person, they're always a bit of fun. Yeah. I'm interested to see how much the story changes if you, um, if you play through it again, like if you do things well, differently. Well, the, from what the trailer does suggest that if you do things differently, they've, yeah, you know, the story will change. So, yeah. It does start in prison. Is there an option for me just to serve out my prison sentence and can, be a quiet inmate? <laughs> well, can we go good cop, bad cop? Uh, I think <laughs> as good as, prisoner, bad prisoner. I don't, I don't think that's an option. I think that's that's up to the prison guards as to who's good and who's bad. <laughs> for us, it's just just do what they say. Well, can we take over the prison? Yeah, that would well, Let's write and take over the prison. I think we are <laughs> prescribing more uh, free world to that game than actually exists. Well, you never know. Hmm. Wishful thinking. Now, they also screened Need for Speed Payback, which uh, we haven't actually seen. I've, I've watched a little bit of the trailer, and I don't think you've seen it. It seemed, 
to be Need for Speed by way of Burnout Paradise with the crashes, but uh, I don't think anyone from Burnout Paradise is involved in it. So, eh, kinda. I've never played a Need for Speed game. I don't really feel like starting now. Um, I played Burnout Paradise. It's a good game, but eh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not really true. interested. And then we have Star Wars Battlefront 2, which was very confusing to watch. <laughs> Some, it appears there's a story, and then it appears that it's like a multiplayer Battlefield game. Well, it seems with the Battlefield multiplayer side of it, it is pretty much all the Star Wars movies rolled into yep, one. Just one big Star Wars slush bowl heading straight for your face. <laughs> yes, with people like Darth Maul fighting Rey, which was... Oh, it was Darth Maul fighting, um, actually it was Darth oh. Maul fighting a bunch of troops, it was Kylo Ren fighting Rey, I yeah, believe. Yeah, oh, that's right, it was Kylo Ren fighting Rey. You saw Luke Skywalker in there for a bit. Which was part of the... Yeah, the single player. The single player of side of it. Yeah, didn't didn't see Darth Vader. Saw, saw no, Yoda, though. Darth Vader was there. Was he? Yeah, it was just the scene of Darth Vader walking across the front of some uh, stormtroopers. All oh, right, I saw the, saw the Emperor, kind of, in some kind of weird holographic face thing. Yep, yeah. he was there. So, yeah, we are no... I mean, there's probably things we should read after this to figure out what's going on, but we're no clearer on... It looks like it's a Star Wars Battlefront game, a lot like the old one. There were some people who really liked that game and some people who really didn't like it, and hopefully they, they, they say, we've taken your feedback into account, because uh, I did watch the EA press conference. So, hopefully they have. Oh, it's EA. They take customer... Stuff into account. Well, they did. They made that second second Mirror's Edge game that nobody played, so... That's because it's available on Origin only. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) You would hope that some people would purchase it on a console, although I don't think either of us were in this generation of consoles uh, at that stage. I jumped in with both feet as soon as I could, or as soon as I felt it was warranted, but... um... Yeah, up and uh, at that point, I believe Mirror's Edge Catalyst had come and gone and was already a sales failure. But what is a sales success these days if, like, Hitman can, can sell as many copies as it did and still get... I mean, I guess it's just Square Enix doing their thing. Yeah, yeah true. All right. Well, that, that's, that's EA. They had a couple of other things like Battlefield 1, but we're not real big Battlefield uh, players, <laughs> so... Yeah, yeah. I, I know a couple of people who play Battlefield 1, and, um, yeah, they were saying that they do not play it anymore because the amount of... Uh, snipers that are in the game. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> I think that's been the problem since it's, Battlefield 1943, hasn't well, it? Well, yeah. They, they, they've been saying that um, the reason they don't play anymore is that you die, you respawn, and you take three steps and you get shot by another sniper. So, mm. so they've lost all the fun in it. Really? I guess... Uh... I mean, I guess that speaks to the design of the maps in that you need, exactly. to, you need to make places where snipers can't see. <laughs> So we'll move on to Microsoft now, uh, which their big thing was the Xbox Project Scorpio, which is now called the Xbox One X, which means you could now shorten <laughs> the, the, the name to X1X. Yeah, that's confusing. Mm. <laughs> good, good work, Microsoft Marketing, on thinking that name up. So four ninety nine US, uh, which is about six fifty Australian. If you were to buy an Xbox One, because I know that you have owned all previous Xbox consoles, would you get the original or would you wait for this one and would you be willing to pay a premium for it? I don't know about playing a premium, but um, I would probably wait for this one. Microsoft did use the words premium experience at mul- in multiple <laughs> positions in their, t- in their press conference. 
Microsoft is full of premium experiences. I'm sure mm. everybody knows this. <laughs> Going to premium experience with the Kinect, premium experience with uh, their TV integration, which didn't work properly in countries outside of the US. On the Microsoft side, really the only thing that grabs me is Sea of Thieves by Rare, which we watched a trailer to earlier today. If I, if I had to think about all the games that are coming out that I either want to get or I've gotten, I'm either playing them on PS4 or I'm playing them on uh, PC. And Microsoft's uh, first-party titles, Halo, not really interested anymore. Um, I actually have Halo 4, the last one that came out for the 360. I think it might have been Halo 4. I have Halo 4. I've never played it. <laughs> Not really interested yep. in Gears of War. Stepped off, da- stepped off after Gears of War 3. Forza, kind of interested. Not enough to make me buy a well, and buy, it again, you know, yeah. buy a $650 console, uh, if it is $650. But they're talking, they're talking their tech specs up. They're a little bit more powerful than the PS4 Pro, which is, I guess, what they're aiming to compete with. But have they brought the focus back to gaming? Yeah, well, that's the big question, is that I think was it Phil Spencer came out on Twitter and said, we're now focused on first-party titles and getting good experiences onto the Xbox, and it's like, well, yeah, maybe you should have been more yeah. focused on that. Because the Xbox One was more of a multimedia yeah, yeah. Um, function. That's why the PS4 has outshone it, because it was yeah. purely a a gaming platform. I don't really watch a lot of TV, so I don't have need for a multimedia experience. I usually go to the movies if I want to see a movie. I'll watch the occasional one on Netflix. Or my wife and I will buy DVDs still. We're apparently still that household that's buying DVDs, even though no one else does anymore. So yeah, I don't really have much use for their media stuff. So I just, very early on, I said, oh, I don't really need an Xbox One. And there wasn't many enough games on the PlayStation yet, so I just kind of begged out of the console, that console generation, until the sort of let it die, until Dawn, Bloodborne, Persona. I always said Persona Five was when I was going to jump in, and it took them long yeah. enough. But, <laughs> but well, there's a got lot of there. people out there been waiting for Persona Five. Yeah. Now, just quickly, they also announced State of Decay Two, which I know you didn't play the original State of Decay. I did uh, by Undead Labs which is Jeff Strain's studio. You may remember Jeff Strain from Blizzard, left Blizzard to form uh, ArenaNet and brought out Guild Wars. Uh, ah, yes. Yeah. Uh, so we were excited about um, State of Decay and State of Decay 2, that, that the guy who was responsible for a lot of designing Guild Wars might make a zombie game. But uh, State of Decay 1 was sort of kind of halfway there a little bit limited, and now State of Decay 2 is going to be an Xbox One and Windows 10 exclusive, whatever that means. Um, I don't know if that, that means, means Windows 10 store only, because if it does, uh, we're not buying it. Well, well, I mean, yeah, does it mean that they? Yeah, it's only going to be on those platforms and they'll put it yeah. out in the stores? Or I think it probably means Xbox One never ending up on a Nintendo or a Sony platform. and it'll Oh, be... that's definite. That would nearly be a definite. And it will probably be Windows 10 store only, I would imagine, unless they really need to make their money back on it um, and it ends up on Steam. Because some Microsoft games end up on Steam, some don't. It can be a little bit confusing as to which ones do and which ones don't. Uh, so, But from what I saw, the graphics are still a little bit behind the curve. The animation's still a little bit behind the curve. So unless they've dumped all of their research into AI and gameplay, I, I can't really see State of Decay 2... Um, 
sort of dragging me across the line as far as owning another Microsoft console goes. So we'll move on to Metro Exodus. Now, I don't think you maybe played a little bit of Metro 2033. Exactly. I've probably played a little bit more than you and started reading the book it's based on, Metro 2033. That fantastic hard Russian science fiction where everybody's been forced to live underground because something bad happened and you can't go up to the surface without a gas mask and there's monsters and bad things hiding in the disused subway tunnels. Uh, Well, from Metro Exodus, it appears that's no longer a problem as part of the trailer takes place outside. But it looks like a very pretty game, if what we were watching was actually um, gameplay footage and not just a pre-rendered trailer. Uh, But it looks like you've got your gas masks, you've got your... Your Your shotguns. Yeah, your (laughs) jerry-rigged weapons. Or jury-rigged weapons. Yeah. I mean, the weapons in the trailer were basically a shotgun and a crossbow. Yeah, with exploding bolts. And you can get go and get your bolts back. Exactly. Yeah, that's the you know, one thing that has been missing from a lot of those type of games is um, being able to get arrows or bolts back out of something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it looks like you can do it in this, and if not... Oh, some of these trailers, like, they all look really good. They all look 60 frames a second, and the animations look really good, and I'm just waiting for the game to come out. And there's sort of no animation for picking exactly. up a bolt. You just see an icon flash up that says that you got it. And, and that's it. Sort of a lot of these games, from the time you see the launch trailer to the game coming out, there are a lot of changes made, which is why a lot of them feature the saying, it says, uh, in-game, in-engine footage, not gameplay, which is we use the engine to render this, but it's not of, it's not of actual <laughs> gameplay. Which is a cop-out. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. Well, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> We'll jump into The Last Night, which is a Microsoft, and it says this is a launch exclusive, which I think it means it's coming out on a Microsoft console. Uh, or does coming that out mean on the it's Xbox. the new Xbox? Well, it's coming out on the, on the Xbox One. But, but, a, but with, as a launch exclusive, well, does that mean they're going to wait till the, well, let's just call it the XOX? Yeah, the X, XOX. Um, <laughs> I think what will happen is that it will probably launch on the Xbox One and the XOX, and then for a certain amount of time it will be exclusive before going to um, uh, other platforms, whatever they may be. Uh, but it looks really good. It looks kind of like it's half 3D, half pixel art. It looks very Blade Runner, cyberpunk. Yeah, that's the one thing I picked up out of the trailer was the very um, yep, neon Blade drenched. Runner style thing. Whether or not they're trying to milk that off the new Blade Runner movie, yeah, who knows? Well, actually, it's an indie game, so I dare say it's probably been in development for quite yeah, some true. time. I mean, there, there are those of us who really like cyberpunk and have tried to make more cyberpunk things, but, but it seems to be a little bit of a neglected genre these days since we already live, I guess, in our dark cyberpunk future. We just can't plug directly into the, in, into the grid yet. But that may be a good thing, though. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Otherwise, some of us would never leave. Oh, well, you know. And so I guess the last thing, well, actually, we have Crackdown 3, but that kind of looks like Crackdown 2. Two which looks sort of look like Crackdown 1. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was sort of nothing. I mean, it wasn't really a substantial trailer, but there wasn't much there to say this is what we've made better. This, yeah, this is how all of this works now. It pretty much just looked like the others, so. Yep. The only thing that sort of kind of interests me is Sea of Thieves, which is a rare game. The people that bought you Conquer's Bad Fur Day and GoldenEye. And it appears to be, I guess, a pirate. And the word they're using for all of these things is shared experience. It's, it looks like a team, yeah. uh, a team co-op thing where you have basically a ship, a pirate ship, 
full of your friends. Yes, and then you go after treasure and and fight skeletons and take everything back to the ship and sell it and fight other pirate ships and seems and, very very piratey. And sit and talk to each other over yeah. over a chat system and there'll be a lot of ah my mateys and crap <laughs> like that. <laughs> Probably at, at, at least at least with us <laughs> there will be. Yeah, so I. I liked the look of it. I didn't like the fact that I saw that treasure chests come in sort of legendary and rare loot variants, which sort of, you know, tips their hand that there will be an MMO-style loot system and maybe then a microtransaction system. But you never actually saw them open the chest. They They, from what we saw, it looks like they get the treasure chest and they store it in the ship. Yes. And that's pretty much as far as the the treasure went. Well, Yeah. So, yeah, there's the point where they haven't given us enough information to, exactly. to make a, a decision about the game. But it does, from what they've released, it looks interesting. It yeah, does it look does. interesting. Uh, all, we can only hope that it comes out on the PC. <laughs> um, but oh, that'd be uh, awesome. I, I don't think it will. I think it will remain. Like, the, the Microsoft's problem is that they do not have a game, enough games that are only on the Xbox One. And so this will be a game that I think will only be on the Xbox One. Well, that's a shame if it is, because, honestly, that would be great as a uh, an online game yeah a co-op online game yeah uh, get well at some point they have to decide whether or not they want to sell more xboxes or more copies of this game i think the idea is going to be that they want to sell more xboxes so let's jump into some sort of i guess e3 related news but not e3 direct news now the first one is that uh, volition who you may remember from saints row saints row 2 and saints row 3 are making a game called Agents of Mayhem, which appears very <laughs> Saints Row-like in its presentation. And it appears that Johnny Gat from Saints yes. Row is going to be an Agents of Johnny Mayhem. Johnny is back. Yes. <laughs> I'm a little bit sick of Johnny Gat, to be honest. <laughs> he, was, he was cool in the second Saints Row game, and it was kind of funny to see him come back after being missing from, I think, Saints Row 3. And I didn't play Gat Out of Hell... They just appear to be pushing the Johnny Gap button far too much. So yeah, they do seem to be overworking poor old Johnny. <laughs> yeah, he needs a break. And I, I think their idea was to give Saints Row a break, but they should probably have given Johnny Gap a break with, when they were giving Saints Row, Row yeah. a break. Well, they've pretty much concluded Saints Row, so... Yeah, I guess. Well, they've concluded it or thrown it wide open. Well, there's no worth. <laughs> well, well, there is, but now they can go anywhere. No, it's only a virtual earth. Right. Don't make that timeline any more confusing than it needs to be. Exactly. And well, I mean, yeah, no, you're right. This is just seems to be some sort of Johnny Gat respin sort of thing. Yeah, it looks almost Crackdown-ish, this game, but maybe it'll be better than Crackdown 3. Who knows? But it had its own song, A Gat Out of Hell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, this one used um, a Queen song. Oh, that's right. It was... Um... Oh, I can't remember the which no. Queen song it was now. Either can I. Anyway, so they they're tying Johnny Gap back to um musical sort yes. of uh, and touchdowns. changing the lyrics. And changing the lyrics. <laughs> yeah. Uh so now uh this is a tweet and this hasn't actually we haven't actually seen anything yet because we're only a couple of days into E3 but uh Firaxis seems to indicate that there will be a new XCOM expansion for XCOM 2 at E3 and it will be at the PC gaming show. Did you play XCOM 2? Uh no, not no. yet. Do you own XCOM 2? 
I've been waiting for it to come down oh, in right. price on Steam. Yeah, XCOM 2 I didn't think was really as good as the first one. And that's that's what I heard. That's why I've been waiting for it to mm. come down on price. The um uh the graphics were probably better, but they took longer to load, levels took longer to load, it crashed on me every now and then. And a lot of people didn't like the fact that missions were now on a timer in that you get a certain number of free turns where you can sneak around the map and explore it, but as soon as you're spotted or you engage, it says, all right, you have to complete the mission in this many turns. So I mean, we have to wonder if whatever expansion appears will address that in some way. I didn't really have a problem with it. I sort of found it okay. There are a couple of missions I failed because I ran out of turns, and it can be frustrating when you're like, one turn from the pickup point, <laughs> you fail a mission. Or it can be frustrating if you like to play defensively, but uh, I guess that's the game they made. I mean, well, if it, it just those, if this expansion was to adjust those things, would it make the game experience better? I don't know. Uh, it's, it's, uh, I guess it's up, up to them. They've released The Long War for XCOM 2, which is like a, there was a big mod for the original XCOM called, funnily enough, The Long War. <laughs> And now they've released that for the second one, so we need to see whether or not uh, that makes the experience any better. But it's uh, an added difficulty mod, and I'm already not very good at XCOM 2, so <laughs> I haven't really taken a good look at it just yet. Well, I'll, uh, you know, I'll at least be interested to see what they, what they have to say, because despite the fact I didn't like the second one as much as the first one, I'm still a pretty big XCOM fan. Yeah, look, the first, as I said, haven't played the second one, but I... Thoroughly enjoyed the first one, yep. so yeah, if they can get something around the first one, I'd be happy. Hmm. Okay, so an next bit of news uh, is that we're getting revamped Earth maps for Warframe. This is a game that you and I both <laughs> have both played. Yes. So the Earth maps, I think, were the first maps that were in the game when it was released, and then as they added more planets, sort of Earth started to look a lot worse than everywhere else. Yes, exactly. So, and Earth also had on its... Um, uh, resources you needed for uh, to build certain weapons and so forth, and they were hard to come by. Yes, yeah, n- modules. I think something new. New roads. Was it new? No, I, I think it was, it was new roads. But it anyway. might have been. Anyway, well, that that whole game is resources that are difficult to find. <laughs> so yeah, I'm kind of interested to see how that that looks. I kind of jump in and out of Warframe. I don't tend to buy frames or blueprints for frames i tend to just sort of earn them exactly yeah that's and that's what you can do with warframes so yeah i so i tend to play through that game at a glacial pace um (laughs) so new content doesn't really excite me for warframe because i've got all this old content that i still haven't played yet yeah no but revamping the maps that will yeah well i mean earth was one place that did need the uh the maps updated a little bit they were looking a little bit dated so Hmm, I'm just wondering, did, so it's Digital Extremes that does Warframe, and I think they announced another game uh, coming out. I'm trying to remember. So there was Dark Sector, which was the precursor to, to, to Warframe, um, and then The Darkness 2, and then Warframe. And I'm trying to think they, they had announced a new, no, maybe not. I'm just looking at the page here, and it's they're developing Sword Coast Legends. I think did that come out? I can't remember. That sounds familiar. Yeah, Sword Coast Legends. Yeah, release 2016. All right, so that's, that, that, that's already out. Great. It's a good thing that both of us, who are very heavy Warframe fans and very heavy Dungeons and Dragons fans, completely <laughs> missed that. 
Oh, we know about these things. Not. Yeah. <laughs> so next we have uh, the launch trailer for the Elder Scrolls Online Morrowind, and you're an Elder Scrolls Online player. I have played a little bit of Elder Scrolls Online. I played it for a little while and then sort of jumped out. Uh, it felt a little bit too much like other MMOs. Oh, but a lot of those, a lot of these MMOs these days, always they all feel the same. Similar, but now Elder Scrolls, it's a little bit more friendly towards being solo in a way. Yeah. Uh, so, like the main quest that runs through the whole game is basically a solo quest. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, now having a look at. The Morrowind expansion, it brings in a new class, which is the Warden, yep. who has magics based around frost and nature, and has a pet bear. Oh, excellent. Are there any other pet classes in the game already? There are. There's a couple around. There's a warrior type. I can't remember which what the warrior was called, um, but they have a pet tiger. Oh, okay. And... Um, you've got your mages who have imps and oh, yes. demons. It's sort of interesting them. to jump directly from, like I know before you lost your internet connection, you were playing quite a bit of Anarchy Online, uh, which is probably one of the oldest MMOs <laughs> that's old. still, um, still in operation. And jumping from that to something like the Elder Scrolls Online, I imagine could sort of just, like it's a, it's a mind wrench going well, from sort of something where all of the game systems are not very clearly spelled out and are very complicated to something where uh, it's almost like a slip and slide that you, if once you get on the slide, you can just slide through the end of the game if you feel <laughs> like it. Anarchy Online in no way allows you to slide through to the end of the game. Uh, look, it's always good to jump back to some of the older stuff. It makes you remember where, where the, your roots of gaming came from mm. and where like, the gaming culture has come from from these sort of things. You know, if you look at Elder Scrolls and the more modern day uh, type MMOs, um, for those of us that have played the Anarchy Online's, the EverQuests, and so on back then, uh, we'd probably look back on those days and think it's a hell of a lot easier these days with things like mm, uh, I'd agree. death and so forth in game. <laughs> no, no running back to get to your corpse to get all your stuff. Oh, no, no XP debts. And uh, (laughs) And if you even go further back to uh, Ultima Online, it's no, your cops will be looted and cut up by by other players by the time (laughs) you get back. So So we'll move on to Jay Pinkerton leaving Valve, who's one of Valve's writers. And this would sort of normally pass unnoticed, except for the fact that that so many more have left. Yeah. Mark Laidlaw left. He was a writer on Half-Life. Chet Felizek and Eric Walpole both left uh, i believe they were writing for things like portal uh and team fortress actually j j j pinkerton might have been team fortress but it seems that if you want to sling a story uh valve isn't really the place for you anymore yeah well one would suggest this is the death knell for a lot of the games that people have been waiting for valve to come yeah, out with story-based games like half-life and they're <laughs> half-life, getting getting all yes. of that dota 2 and steam money so i guess they don't really need um anything like that the management structure at valve is famously said to be flat in that there's no managers and that people just organize themselves into teams when they want to make a game but i have to imagine there will be people at valve who want to make half-life 3 or who want to make something that's not dota 
we would like to wish that there was people out yeah. there wanting to make Half Life Three, <laughs> or some, or just just any like I I don't like Dota games. I I don't really have the time for them anymore. But no. there there has to be people there who are interested in something other than those games. But I, I guess maybe there's not enough. I mean, I understand they're heavily invested in VR and that their next title is said to be a VR title. But yeah, hopefully it's um. It's something story-based rather than yet another multiplayer game. It's hard to see it being story-based, though, with so many people leaving. Yeah, yeah, there's, there's that. So we'll save this one for last. You and I were both big City of Heroes fans. Oh, yes. Until NCSoft closed it. And then we were both big Tabula Rasa fans until NCSoft, NCSoft closed, closed it. That? But the head of Cryptic Studios, Jack Emmett, left and famously, sorry, of um, what were they called? Paragon Studios. He left and formed Cryptic. I tipped my hand before being able to say what I was going to say. And they bought out Champions Online, which was thoroughly average. It was? Very average. (laughs) And then they went and bought out uh, Neverwinter, which was thoroughly average. Yes. And then they went and bought out Star Trek Online, which was kind of okay. But then there's uh, the fan-based people who are trying to bring back everything that NCSoft shut down. Yeah, well, they've... What is the City of Titans? City of Titans. I don't have much hope for City of Titans because um, it doesn't seem like... I don't... Well, well, actually, let's see what City of Titans are up to right now. (laughs) Not a lot, but last time I saw... Apparently, we have to answer the the call. I've got my phone here in case it rings. What's the plan? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) The first post is called, What's the plan? Finance. They have a lot of sort of models and concept yeah. art. And, and there, was a, there was a second group, though, that were also doing something similar. Mm. Oh, are um, you talking about... Um, I can't remember the name of it now. It's, it's slipped, my, uh, slipped my mind at the moment. But I know there was a second group, and I thought they were a little bit more advanced. Than City of Titans? Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure there was a second one that was actually sort of doing anything, but... There was one that was working on an emulator, but he, um, I don't think his name was Nemerl. Jeez, what was his emulator called? But I hadn't seen, like, he's got a Git. Oh, Segs. Segs is the name of the emulator. But he hasn't really sort of checked anything into his source repository for a little while. Anyway, just checking now. And no, the last post was in 2016. So we'll probably call that one a little bit sort of. I know that they some people used his code to produce something that lets you run around the city and create <laughs> characters, but yeah, I don't think it's anywhere near a um, yeah fully fledged City of Heroes emulator just yet. Uh, Updated on April 29th. Yeah, no, City of Heroes, City of Villains, they were both good games. Yeah, then they were closed. Yeah, well, that was closed. Well, Tabula Rasa was closed before that, so. Mm. Anyway. Cryptic Studios, they are making, or they have announced plans for a Magic the Gathering RPG. Bring your favourite things together, Magic the Gathering. How many Chauvin dragons can I have? I don't know. (laughs) We can only guess that if it's an RPG, it will be based in the Magic the Gathering lore, which I have no idea what that is. I see cards for people. We know the basics of the colours and how to actually play the game. Yep. Well, we we have stopped playing Magic the Gathering on many occasions because it's devolved into fights. <laughs> Sometimes. Uh, arguments. It's, it's devolved into uh, us playing a, like, our-ish problem was that when we played Magic the Gathering, we didn't play 
like duels, we played a large group where you could attack anyone, and then what would happen is that it would come down to two people, and the person who was left who knew how to play Magic the Gathering would be playing against the person, the other person who was left who didn't know how to play Magic the Gathering, but nobody had attacked them because they felt like that, that it was kicking, <laughs> kicking a puppy. Yes. And that, that person who, who, d- who didn't play Magic the Gathering would end up with everybody else who knew how to play it behind them. So not only were you playing against the person you were playing against, you were playing against their team of advisors. <laughs> Which was always fun. It was, always, well, it was fun, fun for a while, but then not so much after that. I think that's, that's the game where I fi- where it finally killed my competitive streak and I decided exactly. it, it, yeah. it, it didn't matter whether I won or lost at all. I think it's better off as a one-on-one game, but yeah, this mm. this looks like it. Uh, well, we'll see what they yeah. do with we it. We don't really have any 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 details other than they've uh, announced it. Do you reckon Jack Emmett's still at Cryptic? I know uh, Bill Roper well, from Flagship Studios uh, went there after after Hellgate London. If anyone remembers Hellgate London, oh, we remember Hellgate. That was one that I didn't jump into. No. I was thinking about jumping into, and it just it died before i did he um oh dear <laughs> i'm just reading what he's been up to so hellgate i guess uh jack emmett and uh, not jack emmett bill roper ran that and then they ran out of money and it collapsed or something but i remember some people from our world of warcraft guild jumping on that pretty hard and yeah then, there was a group there were, i know there was a, probably four or five of them did yeah and then they jumped out just as hard they jumped out very quickly i must admit <laughs> So, according to Jack Emmett's Wikipedia page, Bill Roper was promoted to Chief Creative Officer, succeeding J- Jack Emmett, who became Chief Operations Officer. So, he moved up the flagpole in Cryptic Studios. And then he was made CEO of Daybreak Game Company's Austin, Texas based studio. So, Daybreak so Games. So, Daybreak is uh, SOE. Yeah, they were the people who, um, who, who took, took over, over from Sony. Sony. So with the EverQuests and so forth, which would be the reason why EverQuest Next isn't yeah. happening anymore. No, I don't think so. <laughs> I'm, are they even still around? Like Daybreak I, is. Sony, on, um, Sony Online. Uh, don't believe they are. Yeah. Unless they're, they're running DC Online. Well, Sony Online Entertainment were folded into everybody else and Daybreak was spun off. But I'm just wondering with the closure of EverQuest Next, and then sort of like there was some weird stuff going on with how Daybreak, yeah. Oh, actually, I guess they're making all their money off H1Z1 these days. And then, yeah, they just cancelled EverQuest next. That's a shame. Oh, well. well our, our first, I guess, MMO together was EverQuest, wasn't it? It was. So I remember coming around to Mike's house in Heidelberg Heights with my PC and showing you guys EverQuest. And then I spent probably a decade apologising to you after that. <laughs> Which worked really well the day we walked into uh, into that game shop and saw uh, World of Warcraft yeah, on the wall. I think, I think that, that needs a really even bigger apology after that. <laughs> There's no apology big enough. So we're going to jump into our next segment, which is called Letting Off Steam. And we've got some music for this, which you may or may not be able to hear. It's, it's very jaunty. So if you can't hear it, just imagine some jaunty music. Um, this is our segment where we read out Steam reviews that we've picked, that we believe are either funny or say something about a game. And the first game we've picked is Black Desert Online, which you may have seen. I've heard about this, yes. Yeah. So this is a, a sort of a, a, a good-looking MMO. Been around for a little while, finally came to Steam. 
Um, and I looked at it and thought, yeah, it's pretty cheap. I might get into that. And then I read the reviews about how it's a horrible grind fest. <laughs> thought maybe not. So our first review was a positive review from House Jack E, who has 20 hours in Black Desert Online, and his review is, the deserts aren't even black. <laughs> I'm not sure why that's a positive review, but whatever, House Jack E, if that's does, what you want to say. Does he say what colour they actually are? No, he doesn't give that information, which which I guess... It, so the funny thing is, is that like we're looking at, I'm looking down the, the column of these reviews, and usually if we say someone's got like a hundred hours in a game, we'll respect their review. But looking at MMOs, like a hundred hours uh, is nothing. Hundred hours is, uh, yeah, you're still a newbie. Mm. So we'll move on to a negative review from Horsefighter Nick, who has zero point eight hours in Black Desert Online. Oh, yes. oh, he lasted a long time. He did. <laughs> He says, and this is why he lasted a long time, he says, uses month, month, day, day, year, year, and not the logical day, day, month, month, year, year. Okay. So as, as an Australian, I agree with Horsefighter Nick, even if he does fight horses, that um, <laughs> the day, day, month, month, year, year should be standard. <laughs> exactly. Mm. We'll Can move, we do that for a world standard? Oh, possibly. We'll move on to Dungeons & Dragons Online, which is a game that Yay. you and I played. Yay. That was a tough one to get into, but once you're into it, it wasn't a bad game. Uh, it, it's good for like 30 minutes. It is. Well, it was, it was, it was good for well, it was good for a couple of hours at a time, actually. Yeah. I didn't you mind You do it. your little missions. Yeah, it was good. sort of nicely compartmentalised and, and the, their sort of free-to-play stuff where they actually sold adventures rather than boosts and things like that, I thought was a lot better than... Um, than sort of selling in, in, intangibles or things that are consumable. We have a negative review from Snake Fang Ox with 0.1 hours. Okay. <laughs> so that's like, what, six minutes? Yeah. We, 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 we have a lot of... Um, he's had, a, he's we, had enough time to create a character. Well, that's, that's exactly what his, what his thing is. We have a lot of these reviews where someone writes a review where they said they uninstalled the game and, they, and then they have like 90 hours in it. It's like, well, you clearly didn't keep to your promise then, did you? So Snake Fang Ox says, install game, start up game. Start making an adventurer, go to the class selection screen. Druid is a paid class, uninstall. <laughs> so obviously he uninstalled the game when he saw that the Druid was a paid class. Did you, yeah, ever, did, did you ever buy that class? I believe I may have actually had a Druid. Was the, was the Druid worth paying for? Or? Yeah, look, the Druid had some pretty good abilities. So yes, I, I thought... I, that was when they changed the world. Uh, they changed it from Eberron mm-hmm. to Forgotten Realms. How did they do that? <laughs> That's that. That seems like a leap. That was an expansion that they put out that allowed you to. It was some sort of weird portal, probably Planescape style oh, thing, really? where you could go through a portal to go from Eberron to. Forgotten Realms. I would be in there if there was a Planescape um, uh, <laughs> expansion. But I don't think there's. A, I don't think you actually end up in Planescape itself. But right. it was sort of like a portal that you could go through that would take you from Eberron to Forgotten Realms, and it was all based in then in Forgotten Realms. Mm. I would like to see a uh, Dark Sun MMO. I think that would be. <laughs> <laughs> that would be full of cannib- uh, cannibalistic halflings, yeah. <laughs> or just elves that just run away from everything. <laughs> All the time. <laughs> Being chased by Thrycreen. <laughs> <laughs> you see that um, See that the elf, you load up your elf character and there's one button. It just runs away from everything. <laughs> Flee. 
For those of you that don't know, Dark Sun was a campaign world created by Wizards of the Coast in the 90s. Not all, well, actually, they were TSR back then. Sorry, in the 80s. They were TSR, TSR. back then, yes. weren't they? God, yeah, they I, were. just, I just butchered Dark Sun <laughs> completely. Yep. I'm sorry, all of you Dark Sun fans out there. There is actually a Dark Sun game. Uh, it came out in the mid-90s, I believe. Uh, I will have to check up and see. Yeah, so that was our first review for Dungeons & Dragons Online. Our next review is a positive review from Canadian Zach with 197.2 hours. He's played the game a little bit. Do you think he's just, Canadian? Why, because he's, he's apologising for the game or he's polite or...? Oh no, just because that's Canadian Jack. <laughs> or Canadian Zach. Something like that. Yeah, so he has actually put some time into the game, although considering how MMOs work, uh, not really, not really much time. <laughs> he hasn't, like, I, when I, the last time I loaded up uh, World of Warcraft, I did a played and it measured my played time in days. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I said, ah, oh, that's bad. What am I doing to myself? Never again. No. Well, not until the, well, not until, well, actually, yeah, never again. <laughs> Um, so his review is, game doesn't start in a tavern. I am confused. <laughs> of course, all, all, all adventures in the yeah. uh, pen and paper start in a tavern. To start in a tavern, because that's the easiest way for the games master to bring the players together. It is. So, mm. what? He, started, he actually started on a beach. Yeah. Now, I would imagine that if you're a games master and you've got new players, starting them in a tavern is easy because then you can immediately introduce them to the combat mechanics when a fight breaks out. True, so, but, you know, a games master was to introduce me from being, you know, shipwrecked on an on a island. Mm. That would be interesting a way of actually getting everybody together. Yeah, then it kind of becomes Age of, Age of Conan at that point. <laughs> then, then nobody's wearing any clothes for some reason. <laughs> Because they can. Because they can, because it's Conan. <laughs> it is. So we'll jump right from Dungeons & Dragons Online and jump back to Warframe, which is our, our seems to be our favourite game of this podcast. Now, here's a positive review from Sergeant Teddy Bear 59 with 99.5 hours, which means he's got a little bit of time in, in Warframe. Uh, and his review is 9 out of 10 very, very good. Nice, <laughs> you didn't, nice pun there. You didn't expect Randall puns in this podcast, but there you go. Definitely not. <laughs> For those of you who don't play Warframe, the, your, the name of your character is Tenno. So. <laughs> oh, God. Um, so then we'll move on to a negative review from Pride. I'm not sure whether he's referring to the U2 song. Pride? Or, yeah, he's just that's just what he is. Or he's like a Planescape manifestation of an emotion. Or he's a group of lines. Yeah. I really want a Planescape MMO just to make it so that... You know, we, we actually talked for a while. We wanted a Rollmaster MMO. Oh, that could... Yeah, that could be actually quite interesting. Because we wanted the capability for max level players to be killed by level one cobbles <laughs> in a single hit. And that how they would do, do the game mechanics surrounding your character is in a coma for four months. It's just your... <laughs> you can't play that character for four months. Anyway, Pride's negative review of Warframe with 160.1 hours, so he's put some time into it, is if this game was any more grindy, I'd have it arrested for sexual harassment. <laughs> and yeah, Warframe's pretty grindy, but, you know, there's there's much worse uh, games. Oh, there's definitely uh, games out there that you'd have to do a lot more grinding than uh, Warframe. Mm. So, that's all of the letting off steam we're doing this week. So we'll move on to Fully Informatic, which is our segment where we see whether or not we made any mistakes. And I dare say we did last week. 
but I haven't managed to pick up on any of them, so there's no corrections this week. I believe our semi-informatic fact checker is uh, coordinating a house move, so they might not be available to make sure that our podcast is as error-free as it can be. We should just say something outlandish and see if they pick, <laughs> pick up on it. It's like all all llamas are alpacas, but not all alpacas are llamas. Oh. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> what? Or, or do we just say that uh, alpacas are sheep with long legs? Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Gen- genetics, it's amazing what they can do these days. We'd usually move on to emails, but just having checked the emails quickly, I don't see any emails. So we're in the clear this week. If you've got an email and you'd like us to answer it on air, send it into semi-informatic at semi-informatic.com. Um, I think that's the email address. If not, we might be getting a fully informatic next week where Anthony remembers the right email address. Uh, so we're going to move into releases this week. And we have the first thing is Terra Mystica on PC, which is a board game. And it's supposedly a very good board game, but a complicated board game, uh, which neither of us have played. I looked at it and I thought, maybe, maybe not. Let's play the actual board game first. But board games are expensive, so <laughs> not just yet. Oh, look. How long's this board game been around? A while. A couple of years at least. Probably even more, actually. When was Terra Mystica bought out? I know that uh, Shut Up and Sit Down, whenever they reference a strategy game, they talk about Terra Mystica as well. So uh, it, it gets its... Um... Uh, I, I say it's got a good rating then. Yeah, so this is a funny thing. If you look at Board Game Geek and look at the uh, ratings, like you'll see nothing really gets higher than an eight, which is actually a really good rating because uh, these people are real tough on um, on games. On yeah. games, yeah. Look, it's got awards going back to two thousand and twelve, so I'm guessing that that it was around at it's, some stage. So it's been that. around about five years as a board game. Yeah, yeah. Now we're finally getting it on uh, PC. Uh, so Dirt Four came out. Uh, on PC and consoles, we don't really play rally games, so no, no, it was getting a bit of a panning from what I saw. So just be careful if you're buying Dirt Four. Maybe try before you buy if you can. And the Elder Scrolls Online Morrowind, which you, I dare say, might might pick up when you get internet access again, <laughs> when MBN Co do their thing. Mm. <laughs> and that's pretty much all the releases for this week that I think are relevant for us. Uh, so coming up on the site, we have the Semi-Informatic Beefalo Ranch, Episode 4, which is a stream we do of Don't Starve Together. And if you want to see us get chased around by a deer clops, then this is the episode <laughs> for you. Uh, I'm not quite sure how we're still alive. Uh, I'm not sure if we're supposed to be alive, but we are, we are still going with the Semi-Informatic Beefalo Ranch. Uh, so that will probably be up, uh, well, actually, probably by the time you already, it'll probably already be up when you uh, hear this podcast. So. Give that a go. I think that's it for us. No worries. We've come to the end of the show. Thank you so much for being our guest. Not a problem anytime. Uh, I hope you get internet at some stage this week. (laughs) Uh, So do I. For the rest of you out there, whether you're catching up with uh, E3 news or you're just playing games, remember that we love that you love doing what you love. See you later. Goodbye.